Welcome back to Getaway Day. My name is Mason, his name is Gautham, and we are back together for the first time in a month. A month. It's been a long time. What have you been doing, Gautham? Making me podcast on my own or with guests? You're not pulling your leg or pulling your uh, pulling your weight around here, bud. Yeah, the first one was completely unexpected because that was when the Wi-Fi went out and you uh, held down the fort and went solo that week. But then the last Wi-Fi went out. I've been completely off the baseball grid. Uh, Have not watched a single baseball game until I got back on uh, Monday. Uh, because all the games were going on in the middle of the night in India. So I'd wake up in the morning and the games would be like mostly done or in the middle somewhere. Well, you didn't want to want to burn the candle at both ends while being in a different country. Well, I pretty much was that doing that too, but I didn't have a whole lot of time to give to baseball. Unfortunately, that's fair. Did you figure out, are the blackout rules a thing over there? No. Could you? you, So you could have watched it if you wanted to. Yeah. It just would have been incredibly late at night. And what would be the blackout region, though? Maybe Not they just Iowa. don't. Maybe they just don't let you watch it in all of India for some reason. No, I think it's uh, it's allowed. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, so we got a lot to catch you up on. Then, if you haven't really seen much until like here in the last two days. Yeah, I've been doing so. my best to frantically catch up on my own here, but I think this podcast will be good for me. All right, so I'm just going to put you on the spot and make you give all of the information then. And I'm just going to sit here and crack a bunch of jokes. Okay, okay. Are we in? <laughs> all right, well, uh, so we'll, we'll get right into it then. I actually want to start with something that's a little bit of an update on what we talked about last week. Uh, so last week, while Matthew was here, shout out to Matthew. Thank you very much for uh, hosting with me last week. We had a fantastic discussion about uh, the minor league baseball potentially unionizing as part of MLBPA and giving them a uh, bargaining chip, essentially, with Major League Baseball to improve their situation. So the MLBPA had pretty much just sent out authorization cards on that Sunday. We were kind of discussing what that process would look like, and Matthew had told us that the MLBPA would accept these authorization cards for however long they thought they needed um, in order to get to a substantial enough majority, they could go to major league baseball, say, Hey, most of the minor leaguers want us to represent them. We will win if this goes to a vote. So you should just voluntarily recognize us. Fast forward to today, actually fast forward to Monday of this week. It took a week And they had a substantial enough majority that they went to the Major League Baseball and said, hey, you should recognize this now because we have way more than 50 percent. Here you go. (laughs) And they gave them the authors or copies of the authorization cards or however they do that data, because I don't know if they necessarily want to put the names of the individuals that signed them. Um, But so now we're at the point where MLB is going to either ignore that request or respond to, I don't, I don't really know. Um, And then MLBPA, if they don't get a response in the time that they want, they will go ahead to the, uh, can't think of the name of it. The national. It's, it's basically the national labor um, 
association-y thing. Uh, and will... What is in Matthew's notes? Okay, I was looking for it down in my notes from last week. Yeah, so they'll they'll submit it basically to the the federal commission on labor uh, unions and uh, seek a formal election, which would probably be a few months out. But looks like this unionization is going really, really freaking fast. So I don't know if you have any opinions on that one, Gotham. I know you said you listened to our episode from last week, so don't know if you have anything you want to add. But not a whole lot. I mean, uh, it's good to see that. Things are moving forward at a good pace, it seems, and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens next. I'm not the most informed on this topic. Definitely haven't done all my reading, but last week's podcast did help me. All right. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that one. We'll keep getting Gotham caught up on it and because there's a ton of articles on it that I kind of want you to read. Even if we never talk about it again on the podcast, I think you'll enjoy it. Um. So yeah, what do you, what do you say we just move into the best players and teams since you've been gone? Oh, whoa. <laughs> something, 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 something. I get what I want. No. <laughs> no idea what I'm doing? No. You know the song Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was singing that without knowing like any of the words. <laughs> Duh. Come on. Perfect. <laughs> Ooh, getting a terrible response in the chat here on that, that Kelly Clarkson cover. All right, moving on. Uh, I don't think we can start a conversation about the top performers and teams in baseball since August 20th without talking about the best player in baseball of the year, really. I. Is there a guy this year better than Aaron Judge? I'll ask you that question, and then we'll go into what he's done since August 20th. So I guess that depends on what you mean by that, because... Is there a better hitter in baseball than Aaron Judge? No. I think that's pretty clear. Okay. But the the popular uh, debate topic these days is, who's the AL MVP? Is it Aaron Judge? Is it Shohei Otani? And I think it's a really interesting question. I'm curious where you fall on that one. So I don't know. I'm, I'm in a really similar boat to what I was last year because we had the same conversation with Vladdy, who was playing out of his mind last year, and Otani, who was doing exactly what he's doing this year. He had eight more home runs last year, maybe 10 more. He's got 32 like, oh, right now. Well, I, I feel like both parts of it are, are slightly different, right? Because Judge's yeah, he's season better, is better than Guerrero's season from last year. Yes. And then Otani was a better hitter last year, but a worse pitcher. Correct. Than this year. And so the point where I keep looking, and it's not a good spot to look. It's just a, maybe a, a starting point before you dig more. Is Aaron Judge is at... Uh, let me reset this back to... Full season dates here. Uh, Aaron Judge is at 9.1 F4 this year. Shohei Otani is at, and this one takes a minute because there's not like one spot where I could get the full number for him. He's at 3.5 hitting war, which is good. Not amazing. He's at 4.4 pitcher war. 
So he's at 7.9 war versus 9.1 for Aaron Judge. So that right there says Aaron Judge should be the MVP based on war. Because in theory, war kind of equates pitching and hitting as close as it can. But then you look at the fact that it's only one war and Otani is doing something that we've seen never. Babe Ruth didn't pitch and hit that much in the same seasons when he was elite at both. That's where Otani is. So, like, you almost can't not give it to him. And it's not giving it to him. He's earned it. Yeah. But Aaron I mean, Judge has been playing absolutely out of his mind. And so if I had to vote on it today, I think I think I would vote Otani, but there's a big caveat there. But I would make sure that in every article that I ever wrote, I made sure that the Hank Aaron Award for the best hitter in baseball was actually made a big deal like it should be. Because if people actually respected the Hank Aaron Award, this is really no issue at all. Because Otani is the more valuable player. Judge is the best hitter on the planet. So... Best Hitter on the Planet Award, Hank Aaron Award. It's literally what it is. And then Otani is doing something that is just inherently more valuable. One guy, or basically two roster spots filled up by one person. So it's like, there's extra value to that than even War can give you. So. The way I see it is that um, you can say that their seasons statistically are like, by the metrics, they're pretty much equal. That's why this is a debate in the first place. Yeah. But um, I don't know where the um, playing the meaningful games, playing for a contender factors into your MVP considerations. If you were a voter, does that hold much weight or does that really not matter too much? Because in this case, right, Otani's playing like, practically meaningless games at this point and judge is carrying the Yankees. That's true. And the Yankees really do need carried right now. We'll probably get to that in a minute, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Cause like Otani is the reason that the angels win any games right yeah, now. That's, that's so a fair he's point also well. carrying the angels. Like, They're just at such a lower level than the Yankees. Yeah. And I don't know, like the Yankees, I think, have a I would say they have tougher competition, but Judge has more good players around him at the same time. Yes, he's carrying that team right now. There's I'm not going to deny that. Like, he's the guy. Stanton's been hurt. Um, now you've got uh, Donaldson's out for a couple days. Uh, DJ LeMahieu's out on the 10 day IL. Rizzo. Rizzo's yeah. out like. He's the guy that's there right now. He's been healthy the whole time, and he's potentially going to go out and break Roger Maris's AL home run record that I kind of think we need to consider just the, the MLB home run record. I strongly disagree with that, but I still think 60 home runs is really cool, and it's yeah. been done so infrequently that it's, it's a really awesome thing that it seems very likely he's going to get there, right? Just five more to go to get to 60. So... This is maybe a debate for another time on the what's the real home run record. 
I the only reason I think that sixty one should be considered it is because the it's it's like similar to vacating a championship in college. Like we know that those seasons happened and everyone recognizes that. But when you go look at the record books, this is still the one. And I think that might be a distinction that I think would help ease a lot of people's minds. Well, those vacated college championships, no one cares about that at all. Well, Everyone yeah, knows so, who actually so, won. So who cares if we go and make the official one 61? Why, why do that then? Just to mess no with people. Cares. But um, yeah, <laughs> I'm here for but, chaos, Gotham. <laughs> chaos. Yeah, I see that. Uh, one other thing on Judge. So I I was I was kind of with you. I wasn't really sure which way I was going with it. But the more I think about it, I feel like it should be judged because he has 55 home runs. The next guy in the league has 36, I think. It's Kyle Schwarber. That's just yep. remarkable that there's such a gap. That's I don't think that's ever happened before. Uh, so the the only other people to have differences that high, I think Sarah Lang's actually shared this the other day. Let me see if I can dig it up while you tell us what what Judge did, um, or in since you left. Yeah, just since August twentieth, he has nine home runs, which leads the league. He's even chipped in four stolen bases. His batting line is three fifty seven, five oh seven, eight seventy five. So they're walking this guy like twenty percent of the time. Yet he's still able to produce the way he has been. And we saw his first half, which was insanely good. He's actually been better in the second half, which I can't even believe. 273 WRC plus since August 20th. And um, we kind of danced around the, the topic of what's going on with the Yankees with all their injuries and just kind of middling their way through the season here. The lineup they put out yesterday that was that was rough. Um, or uh, Os, Oswald 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 right? Cabrera Oswald Cabrera Aaron Judge Glaber Torres Ronald or no Guzman. no Oswaldo Oswaldo Cabrera yeah Oswaldo it's Oswald Peraza oh man. Oswaldo Cabrera never gonna remember that <laughs> I'm not either Ronald Guzman Miguel Andujar. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Esteban Florial, and Kyle Higashioka. That's practically a triple-A lineup with Aaron Judge right in the middle of it and Glaber Torres. I mean, he is just keeping them afloat when they haven't been able to score any runs, basically. Yeah. Uh, so to get back to your question about when's the last time that there's been this big of a, uh, of a difference in um, home run totals between the first and second guy, uh, I actually have that answer. Um, Aaron Judge is tied for the f- the fifth largest difference in history, in 19 home runs, tied with 1924 Babe Ruth. The four that were higher than that, 1928 Babe Ruth, plus 23, 1926 Babe Ruth, plus 26, and then he the top or the, the top two are actually tied. Babe Ruth, 1920. And Babe Ruth, 1921 at plus 35. No one has done this except Babe Ruth. Yeah. And Judge is probably going to hit 60. If he doesn't, I'd be shocked. He might not hit 62. But. I mean, the way he's been playing recently, what's stopping him? Well, I think he's actually on pace for 65, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. 
So let me ask you this question. Is this a testament to just the sheer amount of power and it, as the pureness of a hitter that judges? Or is it kind of speaking to the rest of the league just kind of sucking at hitting for power? Yeah, no, that's what makes it as impre- like even more impressive, the fact that the league struggles to hit now because pitchers are just ridiculously good, better than they've ever been in history. And Aaron Judge is uh, making a mockery of them every day. And we always knew that he had a ton of power and he could hit the ball, but now he's a, he's a complete hitter. He's not even he's striking out maybe a little bit more than the average player. He's not like these um, other slugger types, like Kyle Schwarber, for example, who who's striking out a ridiculous amount. So he's. He's basically all or nothing power. But Judge, on the other hand, is hitting 300, OBP over 400, and then, of course, the slug that, that's always been there. Yeah, so Schwarber's striking out 31.5% of the time, and Judge is actually only striking out 25. Yeah. So, uh, And the other part with Aaron Judge is, like, it's even more impressive because of how tall he is. Like, it doesn't seem like it... Would be, but I mean, he's got a really big strike zone to cover. It's huge. Look at a guy like Altuve. He's got a box that's this big. If it's not in it, it's a ball. He's just going to take it and he's going to walk 8 million times a year. And he does. Aaron Judge, like his strike zone is the broadside of a barn. Yeah, Everyone but Joe Kelly, everyone but Joe Kelly can hit that. Joe Kelly, Joe. (laughs) And, um... (laughs) But but he he has a great awareness of that strike zone too. That's a, another thing that makes him such a complete hitter. He's able to lay off all those pitches and walk a, a lot. Also, yeah, I don't to, think pitchers the, want to face him right now. I'm to they, the two fourteen really and a half percent walks. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. But yeah. That's, so that's judges, a lot of Aaron Judge talk there. It is a lot of Aaron Judge. So I guess. You kind of touched on this one, but and I kind of touched on some of the injuries, but what exactly is going on with the Yankees? So Judge is up here. Like, amazing. The rest of the team has been struggling. And this is a team that was the best record in baseball as recently as about a month ago. Does that seem right? Yeah, probably. Maybe maybe a bit longer ago okay but yeah so they were the best record in baseball they were ahead of houston they were ahead of the dodgers and now the dodgers are 94 wins the mets are at 87 houston's at 88 and then the yankees just won their 83rd game so the yankees have hit a massive slide and for a while people thought the the sky was falling to the point where they basically bullied the team into calling up Oswald Peraza. He got the September call up and then has basically sat the bench the whole time. But what is happening here? Like, yeah, I think is it's it pitching. Most, is it hitting? It's mostly what? the hitting the pitching. So I'll start with the pitching. A lot of the pitchers that pitch really well in the first half, like Jamison Tyon and uh, Nestor Cortez, who got injured, but he's actually back now. But like those guys, haven't pitched as well in the second half. Garrett Cole's been pretty good, so he has not been the issue at all. 
on the hitting side, they've just completely collapsed outside of Judge. When Stanton's played, since he had the Achilles injury, he, he hasn't been so good. I think the Matt Carpenter injury is actually hurting them more than people would have thought. And um, I don't know. That lineup is not not looking so hot right now. Yeah, it's not that fearsome uh, baby bombers lineup that you would fear a couple years ago. Or even at the beginning of this year. Great. Yeah, I don't know if they were... I don't know if they were the baby bombers this year because, I mean, these guys are kind of starting to get up there at this point. They might just be full-on Bronx bombers. Yeah, I think they are. So, last question on the Yankees. Do you think they can get their uh, first-half stuff back, or are they just a sinking ship here? I don't think they'll get back to quite what the first half was. I do think this is a team that has uh, has the capability to go on another run finish out strong, head into the postseason strong. It's going to require them to get some of their guys back and healthy. Uh, Stanton getting him on the field, um, getting Rizzo back on the field. Uh, As much as I personally hate Josh Donaldson, getting him back from paternity leave, which won't be very long, but I mean, a couple games without him with the lineup they're putting out there kind of hurts just a little bit. They are beating up on the Twins this week. which is They are beating up on the Twins this week without pretty much any good player. So yeah, that's fair. But the team that is coming for them though, that's the Rays who are what five games behind them now, I think. Uh, uh, five games behind them. Yes. Yeah. So on August 20th, the Yankees were up by eight games and even now they're, they're essentially a lock to make the playoffs. So that's really not the risk, but you think the Rays can actually track down the Yankees in the next month? That we have left. No, I don't think okay. so. And I think that's actually more me trusting the Yankees to get back on track than it is anything against the race. Yeah. It's probably just not enough time for it to happen. Yeah. But the Rays I mean, have this... been playing really well recently. Yeah. And, and that's what I was about to, to, say is like this is a race team that's been playing incredibly well recently i mean even go back and look here a couple weeks ago at the uh almost no hitter for drew rasmussen like kind of starting then is where this team got back into like the raised team that we all know and hate the team that seems to get guys that shouldn't be good and they're really good all the time for a lot of the year this team just kind of seemed like this might be the year that they fall off and then all of a sudden now they're I'm not a race hater. Just people in general hate that they are good spending no money because it's bad for the sport. Yeah, so, fair enough. Eh. Yeah, uh, like the the Rays. Uh, I don't have any sort of numbers since the All Star break or anything, but they in their last ten games the Rays are eight and two. So they've been on a really hot run, especially here recently, picking up three games on the Yankees in just the last ten days. So, yeah. And two guys that I noticed on the on the batting leaderboards, Yandy Diaz and Randy Arozarena, both have been phenomenal. Um, just getting on base a lot and doing the things that they do, but at a, a even higher level than than normal. And um, their bullpen is kind of rounding into form 
we've seen the Rays have like super bullpens in the past, and I think it's happening again. They got Pete Fairbanks back, and he has about a 50% strikeout rate since he's come back. Jason Adams has been amazing this year. Um, I would be scared to face the Rays if, if you saw them in the playoffs. Yeah, and I also, think that's... one big thing that could be happening for them is that Wander Franco could be coming back tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. That would be huge. If he can't get back to kind of what he was doing at the when he debuted last year and went on that like 51 game on base streak to start his career or whatever it was, or as a rookie, I guess it wasn't to start the career, but... You know what I mean? Uh, even if he can't do that, just getting him back and playing and somewhat in a groove would be huge. Because by the time the playoffs come around, maybe he goes on a 2020 Randy Rosarena tear. Maybe he goes on the... Do you remember him in the playoffs last year? He was the best mm-hmm. player on their team. He was ridiculous. I only vaguely remember that. He was He was like... I, I don't have the numbers at all, but he was dominating the playoffs. I might have been paying attention to the Rams at that point. Hey, Don't you watched remember. a lot of playoff games last year. Yeah, I did, didn't I? We watched. I don't know what I. Oh, we did. We podcasted like every three days. Are we doing that again this year? We'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, yeah, that could be huge for this team. So I guess. Another team that's got a really, really young guy who's potentially a superstar in the making, if not one already, just became the rec- or most recent young brave to get extended. Michael Harris, the third, the second, the third, second. the second, the third. And he's not just really, really young. He's the youngest player in the major leagues. He's only 20, isn't he? He's 21. But Still, uh, he just signed a 10 year, $102 million contract. If the two option years, which I think are both team options. I think so. Yeah. If they're both exercised. So that would take him to his age 30 season. Uh, not the most money that he probably could have gotten to play for that amount of time. But as a 20 year old kid, if you're being approached by a team like the Braves, Offering to pay you a hundred million dollars. And it's your hometown team. Like he probably doesn't want to play anywhere else. Really? Yeah, that's, that's a pretty enticing offer. And And the way Alex Anthopoulos has kind of been going about it. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's amazing towards the end of that contract, they restructured it and extended him and gave him a little bit more money. Yeah. And plus reaching free agency at 30 is not the worst thing in the world. It's not like you're, 34 or anything it's like he could very well go get another contract i mean he's he's not going to do as well as if he became a free agent at 27 like he could have yeah but that's still huge and so now this team is locked in michael harris who by the way since august 20th three home runs 407 462 6 uh, 678 amazing Uh, if i remember right he's incredibly fast Incredibly fast, incredibly good center field defender. Um, I mean, what's not to like here? Yeah, throwing him next to Ronald Acuna, who they locked down at one point for eight years, a hundred million. 
Yeah, something like that. Uh, Ozzy Albies, who's locked down for the next like five years. Uh, oh, Matt who Olsen. else? M- Matt Olson, who's down for like five or six years. Eight years, I think. Austin Riley, who's for like the next ninety-seven <laughs> years or something. Yeah, like so they've th- got this- their core just completely locked down. It's is there a point where they've almost locked down too much of the team that they're going to screw themselves over if someone doesn't pan out because they don't have roster spots or money? Uh, it's hard to see. I mean, I feel like it would have to be multiple of those guys just going completely wrong. One of them, like, who cares, right? I mean, as long as the one of them isn't Austin Riley, that one would be a little bit of a bummer with how much money they gave him. It was 272. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember now. It it was it was big. How many years is that? Ten? I think so. Yeah. But then this this Braves team was also right in the thick of playing for that uh, that buy. They're what half a game behind. Yeah. So they've been playing very well too, and they're kind of trying to catch the Mets, and it might happen. Well, I mean, they've, like already, the, they've already caught the Mets. It's just yeah. a matter of overtaking the Mets. And and this Braves team has been playing phenomenally. And they have been for a while. The Mets team, they're losing their lead, and they have been for a while, but they're it's it, no fault of theirs. They've got 87 wins. Only 51 losses. Like, this is a damn good team that is still playing like a damn good team. They've got kind of screwed a little bit recently. Mad Max went on the IL with some tightness and some discomfort in his left side. And if you remember at the beginning of the season, he actually had an oblique strain on his left side. that took him out for seven weeks. He pulled himself out of his start out of an abundance of caution to not let it get to that point. So he's hoping to be back after 15 days, but that's three starts without Max Scherzer. The funniest thing about Max Scherzer is every time he has an injury, he always says, oh, it's nothing. It's a minor. And then next thing you know, he's on the IL. At least that's how it's been the last few years. I mean, he is kind of old. Yeah. So uh, are are you concerned about this Mets team? I'm not concerned about them, but I wouldn't be surprised. Can they win the division? Yeah, they they definitely can. Even – even if they're missing uh, Max Scherzer or whatever, but they're they're a good team and they're I wouldn't say they're they're playing bad or anything. So it's just going to come down to the the head to heads that they have with the Braves, really, right? Pretty much. Do you know how many they have left? I think they've got quite a few, like six or something. Yeah, that'd that'd go a long way to settle in this division. It, but even then, it's not <laughs> by no means over. Like, we've still got, what, uh, let's see, 88, 138, uh, 24 games left? So. Yeah. Long way to go, but that, that one's key, right? Whoever gets that one. Well, so if, if things kind of go the way that they're going right now, the Dodgers will take the number one seed in the NL. Either the winner of the East will take the number two. The Cardinals will take number three. 
and they the Cardinals will play the loser of the NL East, basically. Is that right? Gross. Uh, no, I think we would play the. I think we would play the third wild card team. Or no, shoot. Yeah, I think we play the third wild card team. The loser of the East would play the second wild card team, which would likely be third place in the East. Not third place in the East. Oh yeah, I, I guess the Phillies. Well, yeah, I guess it kind of depends on what happens with San Diego, Philly, and Milwaukee. I have zero faith in Milwaukee at this point. I think this is finally the time where I can say Milwaukee sucks. They're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And then as soon as I say that, they're going to go on a run and make the playoffs. <sighs> Whatever. Although, to be honest, I kind of think I would like to face the Brewers in the playoffs. I think they would be a significantly easier matchup than some of the other teams. Yeah, let's talk about, let's just go straight to the NL Central then. So, like, the Brewers, the Brewers' biggest issue for years now has been their offense. And to be honest, they didn't really fix their offense again this year. They tried some different stuff, and a few things worked out. Like, Hunter Renfro has been really good this year. He's been one of their best hitters. But outside of that, their, what have they done? He's been their only hitter. Yeah, it's like Christian Yelich is not MVP form of himself. That guy appears to be gone. Like he's he's a fine player, but he's not a star. He's not a superstar. And Rowdy Telez is a good like role player. He's not a superstar. He's got a lot of power. Yeah. Kind of all he's got. Like it's not really a big surprise there. Then you get to your guys like uh, Andrew McCutcheon is having a very fine season. So I, I don't want to forget him and say that he sucks because Andrew McCutcheon is having a fine season. Uh, but you start getting guys like Keston Hira, Luis Arias, uh, all these young guys who have a lot of potential and, and none of them are doing like absolutely horrifically. Yeah, actually, none of them are very breaking true. out. Have, all their guys have played like OK or like average. But then they don't they have just a lack of uh, star power. On their yeah. Team. And just as a team, they're just like, I think they're hitting for league average, essentially like 240. Yeah. So they're not going out and hitting all over the place compared to other teams because the league average is incredibly suppressed this year for average. But this team is one that's kind of just the average. They don't have a ton of power. They don't have a ton of on base. Because of that, they don't really have too many steals. They win games by not allowing other people to score. Yeah, I'll, it'll be really curious to see what the Brewers, how they reshape their roster, because they kind of do the same thing every year. And in the past, like the last five years, it's worked every year. And this year, they've completely fallen out of it. So July... Uh, 21st the brewers and the cardinals were basically at the same point brewers were 50 and 43 cardinals were 50 and 44 now today on uh september 8th the cardinals have what a nine and a half game lead eight and a half now after today's games have played yeah eight and a half game lead so it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that the cardinals are gonna seal the deal in the nl central and the brewers are just left fighting for the wild card and they're 
four-ish games back of both the Padres and the Phillies at this point. Yeah. Yeah, this Brewers team just, like, I'm happy because, obviously, Cardinal fan here, love when the Brewers suck. But also, uh, this team has no excuse for this, really. Like, they do the same thing every year, and while it gets them the playoffs most years, they always flame out in the playoffs and realize that they can't score enough runs to win playoff games against good teams. So, at some point, David Stearns needs to realize... Oh, I need to actually probably try and get some hitters that are good. Yeah. Like they went out and got Colton Wong after he had his best offensive season. But Colton Wong's not your star power hitter. He's kind of exactly what they already had. I feel like the Yelich contract is hurting them a lot because that was the one guy that they ponied up and paid for. And then he hasn't performed up to his contract. They're they're not they're paying for not what they're getting, really. Yeah. The the problem that I have with that is all of these owners can afford to hit the luxury tax. They can. They don't. Yeah, I'm just so, being realistic about the way the brewers operate and they're they're not gonna be spending like the Cubs. Yeah. The and that's and it's dumb. Like the Cardinals don't spend that much money. Like they spend a pretty significant amount. 160 million usually is their their roster. 170 maybe. I think 170 would be their record. That's still significantly below the luxury tax. It's not that much money in the scheme of this sport. That team can afford that and build a roster similar to or better than the Cardinals and the Cubs spend more than that, but right now they're not We'll see what they do, but I don't know. I just Stearns, I get he only has so much money he's allowed to spend, but the ownership needs to give him more money to spend, and then he needs to go and spend it on a hitter or three or six. But I don't know. That's just me. Meanwhile, the Cardinals. Meanwhile, the Cardinals. All right, so... I'll I'll keep it to just one guy because I could talk about the Cardinals for a long time and I think I kind of want to do that next week. So, but the one guy I want to talk about is Albert Pujols and I've talked about him quite a bit the last few weeks and for very good reason. He has been on an unreal tear for for him, especially at this age. Like he had a stretch where he hit um, home runs in in like six of eight games or something like that is something crazy. I can't remember the exact number, but it was the most home runs he's hit in that, that span in his entire career. Uh, but since August uh, 20th, when Gotham left, he's hit another five home runs. He very nearly stole a base. And I say very nearly because he had a phenomenal jump and he would have been safe in any other situation except Carson Kelly had probably the best pop time of his life in the perfect throw. Perfect placement on the throw to get the foot right before it touched the bag. Threw Albert out on what was probably the most guaranteed steal of his career. 
It was so upsetting to me. Uh, but anyway, five home runs. He was hitting 318, 380, 705 for a 198 w, uh, WRC plus, making him the 15th best batter since Gautham left. And this is a guy who's part-time against lefties. It's kind of it. He's got 50 plate appearances in that time span, which is significant since, I think since he's been the 20th. A lot more, but he's been crushing the lefties and, and the soft-tossing righties. Yep. Like, been pretty crazy. So he is now at 695 home runs. On September 6th, before the game, uh, when he had 600, excuse me, when he had 694 home runs, the uh, baseball reference um, Albert Tracker had him with a 16.5% chance of reaching 700 home runs. Uh, It gave him a 60% chance to pass A-Rod at 697. And then that night, he hit another homer. So he's only one back from tying A-Rod, two back from passing A-Rod, and five away in 24 games from 700. So, yeah. Basically, this guy is nuts. This is the swan song of his career, even though Nolan Arenado is making public pleas through the media to get him to come back next year. I doubt it's going to work. But who knows? But this is this is it for Albert. You guys should be watching all of his at bats, like even the ones that aren't don't have good outlooks or outcomes. Are usually pretty good at bats. I mean, his first at bat today against Josiah Gray, who is a a pretty hard throwing righty, but gives up a lot of home runs. I mean, Yachty hit two of them or two off him today. So what does that tell you? Um, Three straight swings. Albert. Absolutely crushed the ball. Two of them foul, and then the third one was a hard grounder directly at the shortstop. So, so Zaya Gray's like the Aaron Judge of pitchers. He's given up like 10 more home runs than the next guy. I'm not sure I would want to be or want that comp. So <laughs> is is this gonna be like the um in 2018 Lucas Giolito was the worst pitcher in baseball? Is I this gonna be like so. that? I mean He's got a lot of talent and like he's got good stuff and everything. I don't understand why he has this home run problem because in the minor leagues, he never had this problem. I feel like it can be corrected. It's just like one thing that needs to be fixed. So I think it's a lot of location. I think he's missing and he's missing middle. Yeah, it must be. And because both of Yachty's home runs were misses middle. Yachty has four home runs this year, two of them today. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I have a ton of other things to talk about with the Cardinals, but I really don't want to dominate today with the Cardinals because I'll do that again later. So um, I guess I will say the record that I've been telling you guys to watch for the uh, uh, starts as a battery, Albert and Wayno, they tied it today. 324 starts as a battery. That's never going to happen again, ever. There's been one other time since 2000 that a pitcher and a catcher have had 200 starts as a battery. Do you know who that pitcher was? I won't make you guess the the catcher, but. I have no idea. Cole Hamels with the Phillies. With uh, who is the catcher? Uh, Carlos. Carlos Ruiz. 
Chooch. Yeah. Yeah. So. But. All right. What do you say we talk about a team that you love? Yeah, the Diamondbacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the Diamondbacks are not, like, in the playoff hunt this year, really. But their offense is – I'm just obsessed with it. I don't know why, but all their players have been doing really well recently. Uh, Dalton Barsho recently went on a home run binge. He he had, like, five home runs in four games or something. Um, Jake McCarthy – a guy that has like 99th percentile sprint speed. He's got six stolen bases since August 20th, four home runs. He's been one of the best hitters in the league. Um, I don't think many people know who he is at all. And he wasn't barely even playing with the Diamondbacks, but now he's kind of carved out his own full-time role since they traded David Peralta. And then um, they finally called up Corbin Carroll, their number one prospect. And he... Is going to be amazing. He's so good. Yeah, just uh, wait until they get Jordan Lawler up. Jordan Lawler, yeah, and then all their pitching prospects too. So I think things are starting to get better for the Diamondbacks. They're going to have trouble competing with the Padres and Dodgers always, but I think they can, they can do it. I like it. I like the optimism. <laughs> you're not buying it they, they need an oasis in the desert man it's been rough out there the last couple of years really since 2001 <laughs> but no I would love to see this team be be really good they're just getting screwed in the division that they're in like the balance schedule is going to help them a lot it'll take away a few games against the Dodgers and the, and the Padres and the Giants if they ever get good but the two teams that I think benefit most from the balanced schedule in the NL, at least, is the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. Because they're going to play more games against the NL Central, more games against the AL Central. Yeah, they'll play an occasional game against like the Yankees and, and the uh, Astros and stuff. But I would trade six games against the Dodgers and six against the or however many it is, five five against the Dodgers and five against the Padres for 10 split between like the, the pirates, the reds and the Yankees. Yeah. Take that in a heartbeat. That's really interesting because it makes me think about the central divisions and how those teams are just on a different, you guys were talking about that last week, actually, where you had ranked the, both the central divisions as the worst two divisions because those teams are competing mostly against themselves they don't have any reasons to to make their to team much and, better. The, the Brewers are the perfect example of that. Yeah. Um, but the Brewers just have to beat most of the NL Central and they're probably going to make the playoffs. So like even if they get second in the in the division, they still are maybe getting a wild card. Exactly. And so as a Cubs fan, I'm thinking the balance schedule helps the Cubs the most because they're they're the team that probably will spend the most in the division. And if they ever get good again, you know, they should be able to out. They should be able to create a team better than the other teams in the central. Yeah, especially if those other teams in the central have to actually try and compete with better teams. Yeah. I do think it'll make it. 
I don't want to say a more level playing field in the central because I think the central is still going to have so much parity. But I think that you're going to see teams like this year's Cardinals team is actually a really good team, just kind of in general. Like they struggled at the first half of the year with teams that were better than 500, but in the second half, they've been just flat out phenomenal. And I think you'll see them actually start to stack up a little bit better with the better teams in the other divisions. I I don't like I don't have a ton of like data to back that up. I just kind of think in my head that kind of seems like is going to be what happens. Like your best teams are going to show up because they have to play the better teams. So even though like, yeah, this division sucks and we run away with it, our our win total might still suffer a little bit. But I think the other teams win totals are going to suffer more. But counterpoint to that is that the Cardinals have been beating up on the Reds and the Pirates for years, and that's how they win as many games as they do usually. That's that's true, and that's that's why I'm saying like I know that the win total will will suffer, but I don't think it'll suffer nearly as much as the rest of the division. And if the Cardinals can compete with these other teams, it'll it'll give you more confidence going into the postseason. Essentially, is what I'm saying. Because if they can manage the same record that they have this year, next year, well, then they're a better team than maybe we thought if they put out the same roster. So that's kind of what I mean. I don't necessarily mean that they're just going to randomly be a better team than they are. I think it's more you're going to get a real look at is this team actually good or have they just been running a horrible division for 20 years? Which is mostly that, admittedly. But we've made enough NLCSs that I don't think that's necessarily the case all the time. So, eh. Uh, anyway, let's talk about some of these young pitchers leading the way. What do you think? Sure. So, since you've left, probably the best pitcher in baseball has been Spencer Strider. Well, awkward. Well, that's true. But out of all these young, young pitchers, rookie second year, Spencer Strider is the guy. And I mean, he's kind of been that guy the whole year, hasn't he? Like Spencer Strider's been amazing in his last four starts, 26 innings. I assume your note here was supposed to say a one, three eighty RA or FIP. It was ERA, yeah. All right, ERA uh, for 1.2 F4, um, which puts him ahead of both Alec Manoa and Logan Gilbert. Those uh, are the I'm, top three guys in the league. I'm assuming you didn't mean Tyler Gilbert. I did not. Okay. I don't know. You just talked about how good the Diamondbacks could potentially be in the future. Maybe. I did. I got to check. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah. So Spencer Strider had a 16 strikeout game, I heard. Yeah, yeah, he set the Braves record past uh, uh, two games um, that uh, not Maddox, not not Clavin, Smoltz. Smoltz. Two games of Smoltz's 15 strikeouts. One from the 1995 and the other from 2007? Seems a little late. 2004? I don't know. It was mid-2000s. I know that. Yeah, but I feel like they were going to limit Spencer Strider's innings because he's never really pitched 
too many in a full season. He did start the year in the bullpen, and I thought he might be headed back to the bullpen. But at this point, he's basically one of the best guys they have. It's like he's going to continue to start, I think. Yeah, I don't think they can justify moving him back. Like, yes, innings limit, sure, whatever. But he's kind of their ace. Yeah, they got a good. I'm not sure. Max Fried's been really good this year, too. Yeah, but I don't think Max Fried's been quite as good as Spencer Strider still. Yeah, probably not. But then Alec Manoa being an absolute workhorse as well. He, uh, yeah. 20, uh, I just had it. Where did it go? 28 and a third innings with a 0.95 ERA for 1.1 F war. And Alec Manoa, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the highest innings total guys in the league this year. I think that's right. Yeah. I think he's 100 171. Yeah. So with Manoa, I am, I think that Manoa and, uh, Kevin Gosman, I think that's the best one to punch in all of baseball and in starting rotations. When you get past the one, two for the blue Jays, though, it gets a little rough. That's you don't been, like Yusei Kikuchi and Jose Barrios and I don't yeah. even know who the Ross fifth Stripling. one is. Yeah. It's Ross Stripling. He's been kind oh, of good this year, ugh. actually. Well, still. <laughs> Kikuchi got moved to the bullpen. Um, but can you think of a better one-two punch? The only one I could think of is Verlander and uh, Framber Valdez. Got one. Ready? Probably not, but go ahead. Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana. I mean, they haven't lost the game that they've pitched yet. Uh, they've lost one. One game. It's 13 and one is the record with those guys. So. But yeah, I, I think those two might might rival. But no, I, I think you're right. Gosman and Gosman and Manoa are kind of that best one to punch. Uh, before he got hurt, I, I would say that Nola and Wheeler, yeah, yeah, Nola and Wheeler, but then Wheeler got hurt. Um, Michaelis Wainwright has actually been surprisingly pretty solid, maybe not from an ERA standpoint, but the, from an, in innings eaten and kind of dominated and just wins behind those guys. They're not the most overpowering duo, but I do think they're an underrated one to punch. But I said I would stop talking about the Cardinals. Sorry, you got me off track. <laughs> we haven't talked in like three weeks, dude. You should have known this was coming. <laughs> but All right. So any more young studs that you want to talk about? I just had uh, Logan Gilbert on there. He's also been really great in the last several starts. And I think the, I don't, I probably shouldn't say this, but looks like the Mariners are going to break their postseason. Uh, don't drought. you dare say this right now. Wait. But, but they're looking good. They're like in the, right in the, right in the hunt. They're in the hunt. Let's say that. Yeah. Leave it there. Okay. Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. It's about Logan Gilbert. If, Julio Rodriguez were not rookie eligible. Do you think Logan Gilbert would be rookie of the year? No. Is well, he a rookie? Adley, I guess. 
I think so, didn't he? I thought he might have lost it. He pitched quite a bit last year. Pitched like mm-hmm. half the season. He probably oh, lost that's it. That's a good point. He probably did lose it. Yeah, I didn't even think of him as a rookie anymore. Uh, 140. Yeah, he had 144 days of service time last year. So my bad, but he's been better than all the rookie pitchers. <laughs> um, but kind of related to the to the Mariners. So the Mariner, who who's in the playoff position right now in the wild card? So the Rays are our first, and then I think it the Mariners and the Blue Jays right now. I don't remember the order. Yes, yeah. So order. the Mariners are a half game up on the Blue Jays. And then Baltimore is next, four and a half back of Toronto. Okay. And and then beyond them, the uh the twins and the White Sox, right? Yep. Who are closer to the top of the AL Central than actually making the wild card. So I think we should there... circle back to the AL Central for a quick second because we missed them. Oh, let's um, do it. Cleveland is on top right now and they've got a two game lead. On both the White Sox and the Twins. And it seems like none of these teams are really that good, right? That's the conclusion that I I have. I mean, that's the conclusion that Matt came to last week when I questioned him about the best best divisions. Yeah, exactly. Worst division in the league, but three teams are actually in a division race when there's no other division races other than the, um, the NL East that are left this year. Uh, yeah, I mean, technically Tampa can make a run at the, the Yankees. They're only five yeah. back. But, but everything else is done. Y- yeah, the, the next closest is the, or other than the American League Central, is the National League Central, and, and Milwaukee's eight and a half back. So Yeah. Uh, I guess with, uh, I, I don't, I really have no clue what's going on with the Twins. Uh, do you know anything about what's going on with them? No. Okay. I've asked some people. Helpful. I've asked some people that know about the twins, You've and been you know what? For the last three weeks. And you know what their answer to me was when I said, what? "What's going on with the twins?" No. They said, "I don't know. I wish I could tell you." Okay. We might have to fix that issue. We're gonna have to dig in there. Um, Jose Miranda just got a picture with his cousin, Lynn Manuel, the other day. Yeah. Nice. That's what's going on with the Twins. The White Sox have been playing a little bit better, but they seem like they have a hot stretch and then they have a cold stretch. Tony La is coming back next week, it seems. Well, so I was about to say that. Tony says Tony's coming back next week. The team has not set a timetable for his return. Do with that what you will. Yeah, we'll see how that (laughs) plays out. And then um, I just noted that some Guardians hitters that were playing really well recently have been in very cold slumps. Ahmed Rosario, 21 WRC+. Josh Naylor, 46 WRC+. Stephen Kwan, 59 WRC+, all since August 20th. So when you got three guys in your everyday lineup that are just really scuffling uh it's gonna be tough but here we are and they're they're the team in first place 
Yeah. Not not very impressive. <laughs> no, not no. really. Um, so the the one other thing that's kind of had me. I guess a little bit just flabbergasted here the last couple of days is I've been looking at the the rankings here because I don't know if you guys listening know this, but yours truly is who got MLB to actually put the E numbers back on the standings page. I tweeted at him and said, hey, it's September. I want to see E numbers. And then the next day they were on there. Actually, it was a couple hours later they were on there. So that was all me. You're welcome. Uh, I keep looking at at the uh, standings page here on MLB and just kind of looking at the different divisions. It just really, really stands out to me how. There's an 11 game difference. Between the second best division leader. Or the second, sorry, the second worst division leader. And the leader of the AL Central. 11 games. The Cardinals have already guaranteed a 500 record on the year. Cleveland just won their 70th game two days ago. What's their record? 70 and 65. I don't know. Do they have a game tonight? I don't think so. They do not. Okay. So uh, it's just, it's astounding to me. This division is this bad. And this close. Like, I I can't decide if I'm more interested in if the winner of the AL Central will break 500. Or if we'll have 200 lost teams. Like, I don't know which one I'm more, like, invested in right now. Because, like, Washington has not won their 15th game. The winner of the division is surely going to be over 500. I mean, surely, but there's a chance here that they might not. Granted, a lot of the games they have left are interdivision. Yeah, so I was going to bring that up. The end of the season is really interesting because the Sox and the Twins play six of the last nine games of the year while Cleveland is playing the Royals for their last six games of the season. So it seems like if if the Twins and the Sox end up splitting most of those six games, then it's a clear path for Cleveland to just take the division. Yeah. Yeah. But I do still think there's a way that they can win it by just going 500 or even going one game below. I can see it. I, I'd like to see that, but I, I well, I don't think I would like. I don't know. I I doubt I it. Yeah. We'll we'll have to try and figure that out. But no, like I'm legitimately looking at this, and with all the games they have against each other, like if they just continue playing basically 500 ball against each other. There's a legit shot that your division winner is just going to go 500 on the year, maybe even a little under. And we've got Pittsburgh at 50 and 86, Washington at 49 and 89, and Oakland at 50 and 87. We could potentially have 300 lost teams. Yeah. I don't know which one's more likely. On the other side of that, right? That means they will probably have like 300 win teams too. Uh, Yes, because the Dodgers are basically already there. The Braves and the Mets and the Astros, maybe. Yeah, that's that seems fair because the Astros are 88. The Mets are 87. The Braves are 86. And the Astros are the silent assassin that we haven't even mentioned on this episode. I see them as the best team in the AL right now. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we can pretty safely say that 
the Dodgers are just legitimately the best team in baseball? That's no, that's not news, right? That's how it's well, been for years now. Yeah, but like this Astros team is is maybe not on the same level as the Dodgers, but they They're are close. significantly above everybody else. They're pretty close. I, I don't know. I feel like in a head to head, the right now, I'm not saying in a game, but if I'm just stacking them up on paper, I think the Dodgers run away with it on paper in a heartbeat. Now, if you put either of those teams against literally any other team in the league, those two teams would win it. So, like, that's how much better Oak or uh, Oakland. Oh God, what was I about to say? Hey, um, the Astros are that much better than every other team, except the Dodgers, who I think we could have all expected that based on how this Dodgers roster is constructed. So. But, uh, All right. but I, I'll give you a bold prediction for the World Series here on September 8th. Astros and, Car- Astros and Cardinals. That's my pick. Write that down. I actually really like that one. Let me, let me write that down. Gotham picks. I'm, hope, I'm hoping my bad prognostication skills come into play and the Cardinals don't actually make the World Series. I'd be very disappointed if that happened. In World Series on uh, September 8th. September 8th, 9, 8, 22. Who's the winner? Astros. Screw you. All right. Got it written down in my chicken scratch handwriting. Uh, yeah, I don't know who I'm picking. Like, I, I legitimately think the Cardinals have a shot at it. They just have to like avoid playing the Dodgers, and the Dodgers have to lose. Although I think we could play with the Dodgers. I think they can too. I think. Hmm. NL is very stacked. So with the Cardinals post trade deadline, I think they can play with anybody. The offense has been there most of the year. Like there, there's been slow stretches. Like this last couple days has been kind of a slow stretch. Like we had to win uh, last night's game in the ninth inning on a five run inning today. We, we actually scored a solid amount. We just gave up too many runs today, but in general, this team is, Kind of really locked in and playing with everybody or can play with everybody. So I I actually think I am going to pick the Cardinals to make it against the Guardians, who you're very impressed by. I'm actually going to go with the uh, top wildcard spot in the American League is going to be the other rep. So it's probably Rays, Tampa could be Mariners. could be the Mariners could be Ta- or Toronto, but probably Tampa. So whoever gets that top wild card spot, that's my pick to play against the St. Louis Cardinals in the World Series. And it'll be a good series. It'll go to seven games and in the ninth inning. The top Wait. of the mm, very detailed. Uh, 
prediction. I'm not writing it down either. <laughs> you can write it down, but I'm not. Uh, I think the Cardinals are going to do it. I mean, the the story is too great with with Yachty and Albert. And heck, Wayno might just retire if they win the World Series. I know he wants 200 wins, but he might stop at 198 if they get a series. Who's to say? All right. I think that's probably all we got for today. What do you think? Yeah. All right. So thank you all very much for hanging out with us this week. Uh, Sorry, we didn't get this out on our normal day Uh, since Gotham just got back. He was a bit uh, tired and (laughs) just kind of needed to rest. So uh, we'll be back on our normal schedule. Well, I'll be in Seattle next Wednesday, so we'll have to figure that one out. Stay tuned for the schedule for next week. Uh, cause it might not be at the normal time either. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to like and subscribe on all your favorite podcasting apps or YouTube. So that you don't miss any future episodes on YouTube. Make sure to hit that little magic notification bell. Uh, if you make sure you let us know your thoughts through the YouTube comments, leaving a review on Apple podcasts or Twitter, or Facebook at getaway day pod. You can check out our TikTok at getaway day pod for some baseball card content maybe some memorabilia maybe i'll have gautham record one and post it who knows um so we'll do some stuff there uh and if you could please 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 share this episode with your friends we're trying to grow and every share does legitimately help us we've been seeing some steady growth here because of the support of you guys so we really appreciate it hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and we will see you back here next week